It's time to play the show. The bell has rung, and that big show might be over. But it's time for us to bring wrestling information you can enjoy with the match predictions, analysis, the ups and downs of professional wrestling, all reaction, some beverage drinking to bring you logic on tap with your good brothers. It's time for you to look into the eyes of Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder on Beer, Blues, and BS. Hot there we go. professionals. Absolutely hey, consummate professional. professionals. The funny thing about it, it was there and then it wasn't there. So, Howard's intro just got blasted. <laughs> hey, you know... What's new on this show? You know, yeah. finally the the stomping of transitions has made it all the way to the introduction. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> three, two, one, one, two, three. Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's uh, uh, let me let me try and recap what you said. Uh, welcome to the show. It's that time of the year again to get in the fast lane. He's Howard Blues, the living embodiment of Charlie Brown here, as typically always with uh, his co-host, uh, me, the man, the myth, legend, Mark Kidder. And welcome, good evening to this live stream at just after 10 o'clock Central Time, which is pretty early for us. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we're getting older, man. It's, uh, you know, it, th that's the way it goes. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we recorded the regular show last night and had to yes. drag my butt to bed at like one. So still trying to recover. Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess housekeeping business for uh, anybody joining us and you've made it past um, us suddenly appearing on the screen. Thanks for making it that far. Uh, you can not only follow us, please hit the sub button. Uh, help us out. Get in front of more people. We would absolutely love to uh, share the wealth if we had the wealth. So you can help us get the wealth and we'll share it. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show every month if you want to donate $1 to a couple starving podcast hosts. It's, it's us. Uh, that'd be great too. Really appreciate that. That's at streamlabs.com slash beer blues bs it's actually on the bottom of the screen right now and you can see the yeah howard's looking at it right now <laughs> it's down there and uh you can see the lazy goalie donated 25 bucks he's still living in infamy and uh the missus donated 25 bucks toward the uh, cause so she's living in infamy down there as well but we're here because of fast lane 2023 how fast was it well, it did end before 10 o'clock, just barely, but was that too long? That's what we're here to find out. Before we get to the show reaction, as Howard is uh, so kind to introduce the show, we need to do everybody's favorite portion of the show, What's on Tap. Howard, what do you got uh, going on tonight? Well, you know, I... Uh... Since I tried to ham up the intro, uh, you can try. Might as well, might as well keep that rolling and uh, have a hams. That's right. Uh, mostly because it's the only pint that I had in that I've already had before, and hmm. 
<clears throat> to the everybody. So yeah, I did think about Kidder of doing my usual, uh, per, you know, every time I get a prediction wrong, taking a shot, but there's only five matches, so this doesn't seem like as much punishment as it normally is. So it's true. However, five matches and your shots, it'll still get you messed up. <laughs> Uh, not not on butterscotch snobs. <clears throat> I'd have to I'd have to get something harder to make it interesting. What are you having, good sir? What what are you pulling out of you know the tri triple B fridge south? Yeah, well, I figure I gotta drink this up, and uh, we're celebrating the end of summer, so another lining kugel summer shandy. It uh, is a crisp, refreshing beer, perfect for summer, even if summer is now over. Inspired by Franz Kugler, whose Munich Tavern was overrun with thousands of thirsty bicyclists. He mixed beer with lemonade, and bam, it was a hit. Like his, our doors are always open, so come visit the Lining Kugel family. So why are we here, Jacob? Uh, we're I here. I said it already, but... Well, yes, we're here to review Fastlane. And, hey, if you've never joined us for one of our uh, classic wrestling reviews, because, hey, you know, listen, I'm, I'm trying to sell it, man. Um, Please subscribe. Yeah. Uh, the way that this tends to work is a couple of things. Uh, first, Kidder has seen the show. I have not. Uh, Kidder is the one who takes the sacrifice to sit down and put himself through watching the show and taking notes so he can report back to it. I have kids. I don't get much time to myself these days. So I uh, I live vicariously through Kidder's Wrestling Reviews, and that's how I learn about the show. But to make everything interesting, uh, and as we have done now for many years, and one day I'll actually look up to know exactly how long we've been doing this, uh, Kidder and I always make predictions on the pay-per-view. We like to try and predict who is going to walk away with, you know, the titles, who's going to win the matches, who are going to be the surprise guests, things like that. Because I don't watch the show at because I work really hard to avoid spoilers. I will be locking my picks in live as we do this show. Kidder uh, has already texted me his picks so that there can be no shenanigans. It's not that I don't trust him. It's just. Some of the other people that we've had uh, do predictions with us, you know, there's some shady characters and such. So that's how the game plays, and uh, we'll see who the big winner is at the end of the night, and uh, they get bragging rights, the defunct pay-per-view that WWE no longer uses. Hmm. Yes. So, yeah. So glad that we have that ready to go. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, you know, what's also fun, uh, Kidder gets to award uh, one match, the DraftKings screwy finish of the night. So what match is going to win that prestigious award? We don't know. At least I don't know. Kidder knows. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it I all plays. So. As long as I haven't forgotten it by now. Well, yeah, you know, I'll ask at some yes, point. It's true. Yes. So mm -hmm. I will say, uh, because 
again, as he was describing, I send him the card for the pay-per-view, or the, in this case, premium live event. And I neglected to add a couple questions in there of, one, will Jade Cargill appear? And two, uh, when we get to it, the six-man tag match, who is joining the mystery call for the LWO? Because it's a six-man tag. Of course, uh, the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley are three people, but uh, LWO is down a member, or two, technically, to wrestle. So, wasn't Ghostbusters? Hmm. So I, I, I would, I would tell you. And again, I've seen nothing. Uh, my, my take on that, and I know you didn't submit any picks on this, uh, but I, I would say no. We're not going to see Jade Cargill. Would would be my pick on that. I know that's the big news, but I'd like to think that they're going to do something with her better than debut at Vaseline. Uh, which is kind of a throwaway pay-per-view. And uh, as for the the sixth man, I'm going to actually go with uh, Carlito because after they did the show in Puerto Rico, he was like, there was a big pop for him. And there was a lot of talk about him signing, and I never heard if that actually happened or not. So I'm going to go with Carlito. All right. Since they are uh, magical points and they certainly don't matter. Uh, during the kickoff show, which had zero matches once again, and so a waste of an hour, Jade Cargill did appear. She arrived, came into the building, and Triple H greeted her. And so she was officially on WWE television as appearing at the pay per view premium live event. Premium pay per view. Live premium event. Well, that, that got man. Good thing I'm not doing shots. I would have started off like yes. super, super early on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's why I figured I'd just get it out of the way because again, kickoff show doesn't really matter. So there's that. Uh, also, me, could, uh, what? Hmm? I was just gonna say. So does that mean that if you had not watched the kickoff show and just skipped it, would we have ever known Jade was there? Yes, because even though I did skip, skip the kickoff show because I figured there wouldn't be any matches on it, which, again, I'm like 12 for 12 on that. Uh, <laughs> um, they had a a video review. Actually, I was watching it because it was right before the show started. It was, it was like at the 55-minute mark of the kickoff show, so I did actually see that part, but... I was uh, instead watching Marvel's brand new episode of season two, Loki. Mm. Mm. And we watched season one earlier today. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, ran over just a little bit. But anyway, uh, we'll get that first one right out of the way, right away. Uh, Also during the kickoff show... There was a video package that uh, aired about uh, Indianapolis and the Motor Speedway that was narrated by Pat McAfee, who has a huge connection to Indy. Mm-hmm. 
that he does. I think his studio uh, for his show is still in Indy. I think he's still there. So, I believe. I could be wrong on that, but... We'll go with it. It seems right. I, I mean... It's it's fact now. The It's on the internet. I'm going to get a letter from Pat McAfee. How dare you make my... Uh, this a fact, and now I have to move my studio to Indy. Yeah, clearly. All right, so let's get this uh, actual show on the road. We've been stalling a little bit long enough, and I know that the audio is actually working, and the video is actually showing, so we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right at the uh, top of the show, Pyro, of course, uh, opening video, I give it uh, 78%. Or let's go 3.8 out of 5. Because, no, I know that the, or yes, I know that those don't add up to about the same. But we're going with it. Uh, Video was really good. Lots of graphics and and, uh, things to get you pumped up. And then they were throwing in, again, the specific match clips and highlights from before about the matches that would be on the show. I hate it. Just make it cooler. We know you're going to get half the show of promos to get pumped up so you don't need the extra filler in the opener. But you got to fill three hours somehow, so there is that. On top of it, uh, 14,529 in attendance. So, there you go. Right off the top of the show, it is a tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. This match features the Judgment Day, current tag team champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, versus Mathun, Mathun from a plumber, Cody Rhodes. He's coming down to the ring. And main event, Jay Uso. In this one, I picked the Judgment Day. Hmm. I, too, was going to go with the Judgment Day. I think that they're just, they have too much heat, and the odd pairing of Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes, I, I, I just don't see them going anywhere with that. And even if they do win the titles, it's probably going to end up like Owens and Zayn. You know, they'll hold it for a couple of months, and then they'll drop it. Because those two are better as, you know, single stars telling those stories than they are as a tag team. So I'm going to go Judgment Day. That's my logic. All right. So I'd also like to mention that the opening video was, you know, about two, maybe three minutes. And then the intros and the promo were an extra 12 to 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah, because, uh, again, I was finishing Loki and had uh, the video for the show playing on my phone. Not loud because it's not like I need to hear that. Clearly, I didn't need to really hear it. And, again, it took them forever. So, the episode ended because, again, watched entire season one, which is six episodes, and then the first episode for, from season two in a row and 
was still able to flip it over to the Peacock app and turn on the premium live event before the bell rung. <laughs> so it just worked out today, I guess. But uh, pieces of note is that the Judgment Day duo came out alone. Of course, Money in the Bank, bank briefcase is still there, hanging out. <clears throat> and, you know, just kind of something to think about. Uh, this match was 20 minutes, 40 seconds. Uh, as we start out the match, Jay was doing a lot and basically was taking on both uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Uh, they kept switching in and out, doing the hot tags, and beating the crap out of Jay for quite a while. Uh, finally, Jay was able to get over to Cody, and uh, a couple power spl power slams, disaster kick, and, uh, you know, close counts there. Then uh, Jay and Priest get back in together, and they're going at it. Uh, in Zaguri, Priest was down in the corner. Jay's looking to the crowd, played to them a little bit. Jay's running across the ring and was sent onto the apron, but uh, he hit Priest, went up top, hit a crossbody block, and another two count. Priest gets back up and sets Jay up for the razor's edge. Jay slipped away, punched Balor off the apron because, again, they're right there by the corner. Pulled down the rope when Priest charged, causing him to fly off over the rope there onto the floor. Jay then performed the suicide dive, which never happens anymore in WWE. I just never see it anymore. So, good thing that we had that. Uh, Jay rolled Priest back into the ring. Got a top rope splash. Jay goes for the pin, but uh, Balor went in, broke up the pin. Okay, <clears throat> So, Cody takes out Balor with a Cody cutter. Bam! Uh, Cody was holding the back of his head after performing the move because he may have gotten a little extra on that one when he hit the ring. Jay charged Priest but caught him with a kick. Then Jay came right back with a spear, and Michael Cole goes, That move was used by Roman Reigns! There's probably, I don't know, 80 other wrestlers who use the spear as well, so I, I get the buildup of them. Try oh, oh. No, no, nobody ever else has ever used the spear. Good, you oh. have. That's that's right. I forgot. It's just like the suicide dive. Nobody ever uses it. Nobody ever sees it. So I I apologize. <laughs> so then, we're about halfway through the match. Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio come down to the ring, get Jay's attention. Jay goes to ringside, super kicks Dominic. It's good. Jay went face-to-face uh, -face with Rhea Ripley, smiled and waved at him, uh, but then he refocused on the match. Goes up to the top uh, of the uh, turnbuckle, but uh, Balor grabs him long enough for Priest to end up recovering. Priest hits a Hurricane Rana after Balor tagged in, doing again the, uh, the switcheroo there. Uh, Balor followed up with the coup de gras and a pin, but Cody broke it up. Now, at this point, Priest is selling some pain to his left knee. All four men 
uh, stood up in the ring, and then they start going at it right in the center of the ring. They separate. Priest goes for a springboard move and uh, instead gets a kick from Cody. Balor hits a sling blade on Cody. Jay super kicks both of the opponents there of Jay and Damian. Jay covers Balor, kicks out. Jay's momentum took him toward the ropes where Rhea Ripley hit him with the money in the bank briefcase, but the official was looking the other way. Didn't see it. Didn't hear it, even though I'm pretty sure it was on the Titantron. Anyway, uh, Cody uh, hit Priest with a crossroads on the table. And uh, at this point, J.D. McDonough had showed up. Priest and Cody were fighting. Priest goes on top of the broadcast table. And the way they're positioned, uh, J.D. McDonough grabs the briefcase that was sitting there, tries to swing at Cody, misses Cody, and smokes Damian Priest's knee. And then <clears throat> Cody hits uh, Damian Priest with another crossroads. Jay took out two of the foes with, a, again, a suicide dive. I can't believe two of those in one match from Jay. Uh, back in the ring, Jay is holding Ballard place while Cody hits another Cody cutter and then uh, follows that up with the crossroads. A one, two, and three. Your new... WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions, Mothan Rhodes and main event, Jay Uso. Uh, hmm. not, not too bad. Of course, their uh, first time tagging like that, winning the titles. And interestingly enough, it's... Uh, Cody Rhodes' first championship since returning to WWE. Uh, they're, you know, still playing up the whole Money in the Bank briefcase thing. So we'll see kind of where this goes. Uh, with that as well, as I'm thinking about uh, really the rest of the card, we're getting it off of uh, the whole thing right away. That is the DraftKings screwy finish of the night just because of the interference. Rhea Ripley and the briefcase into Damian Priest's knee and et cetera, et cetera. Just screwiness afoot for this one. Rude Boy Kyle would be proud because there's, again, shenanigans happening. <laughs> And uh, Rude Boy is not a fan of the screwy finish, which seems to happen. I mean, we have the graphic for a reason. It happens at every damn show. So, uh, Howard, your reaction? Well, I, I mean, it sounds like this was an okay match. You know, it. Uh, and I will say, a lot of really talented people in the match... I'm I am kind of surprised with this direction. Um again, because I just don't know how long you actually want Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso tagging together. I you know, Cody, I you know, everybody wants him in the main title picture. I think there's still storyline to tell between Jay Uso and the rest of the bloodline. So it, it just 
feels weird to put the titles on them. Unless you're going to set up that the next thing is uh, Jimmy and Solo versus Jay and Cody Rhodes. Maybe that's the next. That was my first thought as well. So then the titles go back to the bloodline. Yeah, that's the only thing I can see that you're going to do that helps push those stories and and such. So ah, that's, that's all I can see happening with that. But, I mean, the Judgment Day haven't been champs all that long, right? Didn't they just win this off of Owens and Zayn? Yeah. Uh, was that... Uh, I think it might have been two premium live events ago. So, like, two months. It, it's been a while. I, I really haven't followed much. Time so. flies when you're having fun doing other things. Yeah. So... I yeah I I'm a little surprised with this uh, with this change I mm-hmm. I I'm now questioning my judgment on the rest of the card. <laughs> it was definitely a swerve. Uh, also, interestingly enough, uh, around half an hour, thirty-five minutes before this, over on AEW Saturday night. Uh collision that show I have an ad for Rampage right in front of my so I was trying to remember the name of the show (laughs) over on collision there is a tag team match between your AEW tag team champions FTR and absolute Ricky Starks and Big Bill and the titles changed there Very disappointed because FTR had held the championships for over a year. And then, you know, they're they're not holding them anymore. And then, of course, there was some speculation that they might be jumping ship to WWE, especially when uh, Dax Harwood posts a tweet saying... You know, uh, thanks and everything, and uh, top guys out. And then, literally 20 minutes later, he sees the speculation with everybody talking about, oh, they're leaving, they're jumping ship. Uh, He had to post, just a reminder, I always say top guys out. This is our home, we're not going anywhere. (laughs) So, they apparently have four years left on their contract at AEW. Yeah. And the speculation other, uh, with that is they apparently he apparently tried to trademark or has trademarked CMFTR. Is that probably where you were going? That's exactly what I was about to say. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Listen, for for the one time that Howard actually has relevant news, it would make sense that somebody else would beat me to it. That's uh, oh, go that's ahead. Bring your analysis. I mean, I don't really have any analysis. I was just going to say, hey, you know, FDR was just in the news for trademark CM FDR. Yeah, that was it. But I didn't say that it was a lot. I just said I finally was relevant. You know, this is this is live. I could have had live news where I was actually like. But, well, I don't yeah. have the breaking news graphic loaded, uh, so we're gonna have to wait on. We're gonna have to wait on that one. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, well, speaking we'll of sponsorship, hey, if you'd like to sponsor our show, we'd love to hear from you, and that would be fantastic because 
you sponsoring our show help us uh, pay the bills keep the uh, proverbial lights on and things and keep bringing these little reactions to you smash the sub button smash the share button streamlabs.com slash beer blues bs it's on the bottom of the screen too if you want to visit and uh give us a dollar or about tree fitty or even more that would be cool too and Thank you in advance for buying us a beer, and uh, cheers to you for that. Uh, I bring up the sponsorships very timely because at this point in the show, we go backstage. It's Wade Barrett and Booker T chatting about the title change, and man, the rest of the show is going to be so awesome. And Xavier Woods pops in, and... uh, He's excited to be there, and then suddenly, hey, we should order some pizza. I've got an app here from Pizza Hut. Let's get some pizza, because nobody out pizzas the hut. Uh, Barrett also did do a throwback. I've got some bad news. And then he was kidding, and he loves Pizza Hut. So we cut away. Guess what? A video package. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's about Bobby Lashley, Street Pop Profits versus LWO and their feud. That is our next match on the COD. The six-man tag team match. Again, uh, LWO versus the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. As Howard mentioned, his pick for the uh, mystery call Mystery Assist by Rey Mysterio is in Carlito. So, now that we have reminded you about that. Street Profits, Bobby Lashley uh, is actually who I went with on this one. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Because, man, I haven't watched, and so this seems really weird, because it seems like two face factions going against each other not anymore not anymore oh because street profits have kind of teamed up with bobby lashley and it is now more like uh the hurt business except not the hurt business Hmm. interesting yep Yep. i actually forgot the name of his faction i I actually was about to say the hurt locker and then i remembered then all that that's a that's his finisher it's also a a movie yeah, that's see I even forgot that was his finisher. They probably stole it from the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Um uh, 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 um you know what, Kidder? Uh, somebody's gotta get some points on the board here. So I will take uh Rey Mysterio's faction, just break our tie. Viva la Rasa. Okay. Uh, this match is 10 minutes long. What? What? Ten, 10 minutes? Only 10? Yes. But you said something before I said the Viva La Raza. I, not really anything of importance. Okay. Well, Lashley and the Street Profits came out first wearing the black and gold gear. Uh, and then... Uh, with the LWO music, Santos Escobar and Zelina Vega came to the forefront of the arena, and then Rey Mysterio's music took over, and then they came down to the ring. 
Now, right at the beginning, as they're in the ring, being uh, right there before the uh, bell actually rings, Corey Graves reminds everybody, or informs me, because I didn't watch SmackDown last night, that Ray didn't have a friend of the world uh, and called him a fraud. Cole said it looked like they'd have to go this one alone. So a three-on-two handicap match, potentially. So, Zelina Vega is hanging out uh, ringside, and she's got the sandal in case she needs to throw it at somebody. If you remember from the show in Puerto Rico. So, bell rings, match starts, and guess what? This match sponsored by Pizza Hut. Nobody out pizzas the hut. Did you know Pizza Hut was here? Pizza Hut this, Pizza Hut that. There's Pizza Hut on the boards. There's Pizza Hut on the on the apron. There's Pizza Hut shooting out of the posts. There's Pizza Hut shooting out of their asses. Like, this is unbelievable that there's Pizza Hut. I can't believe Pizza Hut sponsored this match. I had I'm no just, idea. I'm just surprised it's not a pepperoni on a pole match. You know, now that it's out there and this is live, uh, you're welcome, WWE. Please send your royalties to uh, either streamlabs.com slash beerbluesbs or unholyalliance at beerbluesbs.com. It was a bit distracting because on the digital boards on the back, nobody out pizzas the hut and the whole text is moving before they started the match. Has that also on the ring apron. And then they had a graphic on the screen. And the replays also had pizza flying and and the squeeze box. And then there's a close-up like macro shot of a pizza. And then even the replay text on the bottom was in the Pizza Hut font. And I'm going, okay, how much did they pay? Because if they could pay WWE for that, we have plenty of screen space. Pizza Hut, if you're out there, you can pizza this hut, okay? Get a pizza, pizza this hut, huh? Huh? Um, all right, let's get on with the actual match. Because um, it was also on the ring posts, because they're the, electron, the LED screens. All right. Uh, Escobar gets in there. Hurricane Rana on Ford from the top rope looked really good. Uh, Bobby Lashley broke up a pin, and Ford ends up chop blocking Escobar's knee. Dawkins comes in briefly and then quickly switches out for Lashley. Lashley grabs Escobar, holds him up in the air with a vertical suplex with the uh, one arm before moving uh, that or doing that move. Uh, Dawkins tags in, covers Escobar, another two count. Reg, Ray comes in, tries to go for the 619 because Dawkins is there, but Lashley had tagged in, was not actually near the ropes, but was standing next to the ring, grabs Ray's legs in midair and pulls him out of the ring. Dawkins punches Ray while Lashley's holding on to him. Then Ford tags in, gets a running splash on Ray, another two count. Ray uh, was really getting blasted for most of this match. And then feels like we're getting closer to the end of the match. The straights are dire. 
it's almost almost a, a, a loss for the good guys and suddenly music hits the lights come up taking over from the pepperonis strewn on the digital billboards and it's Carlito coming on in takes a tag from Ray gets the hot tag cleans house goes for a huge drop kick on Ford Carlito uh, throws Dawkins from the ring, and uh, Ray got him with a seated senton. Escobar hits the suicide dive on Lashley. I can't believe that somebody else did a suicide dive in the same show. Like, never happens. Uh, Carlito hits Ford with the backstabber, goes for the pin, one, two, and three. The LWO with Carlito picks up the victory. At 10 minutes on the news. Uh, I should note, Carlito's music is disappointingly different now. So it is not the, I spit in the face, people don't like to be cool. Because that was catchy, and why would we keep the same music? Um... Yeah, now it just sounds more stereotypical, Caribbean, I don't know, Puerto Rican. It's very stereotypical for me, in my opinion. Uh, after the match, broadcast teams down at ringside, and then a Pizza Hut delivery guy brings over a big Pizza Hut box. And, of course, they're like, what is Look at this pizza delivery. We Did you order delivery? Did I order? I did, it wasn't me. Pizza Hut, man. Whoa. And then suddenly Xavier Woods appears wearing a, a retro uh, shiny red Pizza Hut jacket. Hey, I ordered pizza for you guys. It's the big dinner box, blah, blah, blah. Let me open this sucker up. Got the two pizzas, the breadsticks, the wings. And, I mean, it looked, you know, really good, right? Uh, Michael Cole also made a joke that it could not have been Wade Barrett ordering it for them because he's cheap. <laughs> so, that, that was funny. And then they each take a piece, and then they're eating it. And then, guess what? A promo and commercial. Your thoughts? I, I mean, this sounds like it was... Uh... Very much a product placement match. Uh, no, interesting. I, I mean, interesting choice. I, I'm glad that Carlito's coming back. Uh, hopefully, they actually do something with him. Um, but I, I also kind of am a like I, I don't know about you, Kidder, but I get tired of the. Hey, we called in a tag team partner, but apparently he couldn't figure out when to get to the show on time. Yeah, like I, I've never understood that like bit of storytelling of like we've got a surprise partner, but yeah, you know, he he couldn't get here here, you know, couldn't make it through traffic. <laughs> yeah, I I I've never liked that element of it. Well, he was so, called Friday night, and you know he he may have had to rent a car. And somehow drive from the Caribbean all the way to Indianapolis, and 
I mean, maybe he had to take a dinghy from Puerto Rico to Florida and then rent a car. Maybe they were out of the cars and, you know, everything was. (laughs) I I know it's not how it actually works. Yeah, it's just a it's a silly uh, storyline gimmick, you know, to to kind of do that, because what what good person is like, what you, you guys need a partner so that you guys don't get whooped. Great. I'll be there. But like 10 minutes late to the match that you guys get beat up anyway. And then I'll come out and save the day. I, I've just never liked that. I would have much rather that he had come out with them, you know, and had that kind of a surprise. And then you, you just like, you build up the, the, the tension as everybody's waiting for him to be tagged into the match. And, you know, you, you keep him on the sidelines as long as possible. I'd rather see that than than this. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, especially in like a 10-minute match, it's meh. So I, I think this was mostly filler. Um, and the only good thing I can really say that I think about this is uh, I'm uh, now up two points to nothing. So okay. go me. Also seems unfair because I didn't get to guess on, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want a bonus point for your prediction that there would be no matches on the uh, kickoff? I, I mean, oh uh... sure, that'll help. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. What one pity one pity point? point. <laughs> for I'm, on the... I'm in it. Yeah, <laughs> on the board. I mean, we got to keep this interesting. There's only you know three matches left. I... So, again, promo, right? Mm-hmm. And then, hey, the clip replaying that Jade Cargill has arrived. So, she officially was aired on the, the uh, main show as well. <laughs> and they did put up her name as Jade Cargill. So, kind of interesting if they are actually keeping her name. I think they would. I think they want all of the press and such. It would be like there have been like other really impressive superstars that they have changed the names of. And it's just like, why, you know, you bring in like Butch. Butch is a great one. You know, and that was like he was Pete Dunn in the company and you switched him to Butch, you know, but you bring in Walter, who is huge in European wrestling and you change it to Gunther. Uh, but but even like changing Kenta to Hideo Itami, I, I don't know what it is about. I well, okay, I know what some of it is. They can copyright a name that they create and therefore hone kind of the trademark on that. I I get that aspect of the business, but at the same time, eh, you know, I'd rather bring in the fans who know them, and because it always is kind of stupid where it's like. You might know me as this, but now I'm this. Okay. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, another example of that is our next match and the WWE Women's Champion, EO Sky, who was known as EO something else in uh, NXT. 
and I don't remember what it was. I thought it was something different. Yeah. Anyway, um, you could fact check that one. <laughs> this is triple threat for the WWE Women's Championship. And again, EO Sky, your champion, versus Asuka. And woo, Charlotte Flair. See what Ashley has to do in this one. This match was 17 minutes, 20 seconds. And my choice for this, my prediction, EO Sky to retain. Mm. Mm. Um, no, she's always been EO Sky. Hmm. At least in NXT, she was EO Sky. Hmm. EO uh, Shirai is what uh, she had previously been named. Oh, uh, that's as. correct. Yes. That was so close. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Shirai, Sky, High Fly, Dakota Kai. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Kidder because I made the mistake last time, and I didn't pick this person. I am gonna pick Oscar. Wow, because I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns here. I the last time that we did predictions, I was wrong. Oscar ended up winning it. I kind of kicked myself about it. So I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna stick to a favorite, and I'm I'm gonna stick with Oscar to retain. Although I'm probably wrong. So okay. Well, here we go again. This match, 17 minutes 20 seconds. Introductions for the title match occurred. A little uh intimidation factor from both Charlotte and from Asuka. And right away two for moderate to severe plaque right, psoriasis. Right you away, show off your skin right away, the very second that it started. Charlotte went after Sky, tried to give a big boot, but Oscar uh, <clears throat> ended up spraying mist in Charlotte's eyes right away, just spraying her with the blue mist, covering her. Sky got into the ring, broke up a pin there, and Charlotte uh, went to ringside where the ref. Uh, helped her, or another official was there with a towel and water, conveniently helping her to clean off her face and eyes. Uh, shortly after, Flair came in, got Asuka with a big boot, big skydive uh, at Flair, or uh, from EO, I should say. Came flying off the top, caught her, executed a fallaway slam. It's very nice. Uh, Flair was going after Asuka, chopping in forearms, and then Sky hopped onto Flair's back, but Flair threw her off and then hit her with a clothesline. Flair caught Asuka going for the hip attack, and then a la Brock Lesnar suplexed her. That's one. Sky rolled Flair onto her back, performed the standing double stomp for extra effect. Sky then uh, took Flair down and had her in a crossface. Yeah. You see where I'm going with that. Uh, Flair ended up breaking free, ran into a kick from Asuka. Sky clotheslined Asuka over the top rope and then played 
to the quiet crowd trying to pump them up and got a... Uh, <laughs> it was pretty bad. The crowd was asleep for this match. Like the 30 people who cheered, you know? Like, there's some good moves in this, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, she got a, a missile drop kick there uh, on Asuka. So, uh, Sky went up top. Was cut off by Asuka, who then German suplexed her to the mat. That's the second of the match. Asuka threw a running kick to Sky, covered her for again two. Flair went up to the top, hit both opponents with a crossbody block, and then Charlotte went a la Rick and was throwing chops on both opponents and then suplexed both of them simultaneously. Is that four or three? If you do one suplex, but you get two, you, you <laughs> get two people. Is that like a, a half point for getting two? So you get like one and a half because you're doing more I, work than just one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is twice the load. I think you would have to make that uh, both three and four. Make so it, I think okay. we're up to four. Four. And then Oscar went for a German suplex on Flair. But uh, Sky performed a sunset flip on Asuka and tried to pin her, but Flair broke it up. So we're still at four. Flair ended up on the floor, tried to return to the ring, but Asuka knocked her back to the floor with, uh, again, the hip attack. And then Sky dove from the ring onto Flair on the floor. Asuka hit Flair with a sliding kick from the ring. Sky put Asuka down and then executed the Ase Moonsault and barely connected, but, uh, uh, you know, to make matters worse, she was called out by Corey Graves for barely touching her. And I'm like, you can't even help to make it uh, like, ah, oh, she just kind of overshot a little bit, not, yeah, she barely touched her. Kind of a dick move on Corey Graves, in my opinion. Uh, Flair went up top, performed the top rope moonsault on both opponents to the floor. Now getting them back into the ring. Asuka was on the bottom of a Tower of Doom spot, but uh, was unable to get a three count on either opponent. So, yes, they did the trifecta and the big slam on the onto the uh, mat there. Oscar uh, tried to roll Flair into an arm bar, but got blocked. And then Charlotte applied a Boston Crab. Oscar countered in uh, Kip Up, and then, well, another two count. Flair came right back, hit her with the figure four, then Sky hit Flair with a Meteora and covered her for a two count. A little bit uh, later, I mean by like 20 seconds, Flair speared Asuka and covered her for a near fall while Sky was down at ringside. I'd also like to mention that during this match, uh, because I had forgotten uh, till this point, but I think Asuka was uh, already on the top of the turnbuckle and Io Sky ran over and jumped from the ring to the top of the ropes to grab onto her, which you don't see very often. So that one uh, was pretty cool. 
again, uh, we're we're down at ringside where EO Sky got knocked down. Bailey runs out, wakes up EO, asks her if she's okay before trying to get her to return to the ring. Uh, Sky tries to tell her to get the hell out of here, uh, and then gets back into the ring where Flair immediately knocks EO back to the floor. Oscar <laughs> jumps off the top rope, performs a code breaker on Flair on the way down, and then a like a thirty or forty person. This is awesome. Flair ended up putting Oscar into the figure eight. Bailey tried to run in, but the referee spotted it. Allah Howard, the ref. Sky performed a top rope moonsault onto Flair and pinned her for a. Uh, once the official actually turned around for a one, two, and three, EO Sky pinning Charlotte for the victory in the triple threat, retaining the WWE Women's Championship. So, there you go. Triple threat. <clears throat> That's what it is. The coolest uh, move there was, again, the spot. A couple of those spots there. I mean, it, it sounds like it was a a decent match. I'm going to guess part of the reason that we didn't see a lot of... Uh, we didn't see the crowd really into it is because nobody really wanted Charlotte to uh, be the champion again. Get We've also 15. seen Asuka... <laughs> yeah, we, we also have seen Asuka as champion quite a bit. So I, I yeah, can see recently, yeah. You know, so keeping it on EO and doing something, I'm going to guess that the whole Bailey in might be setting up something down the line between those two. So they've had a weird dynamic with damage control because I think Dakota Kai is still injured or something. So she's just hanging around, and then Bailey and EO have been kind of back and forth. But I also typically watch the normal shows in about five minutes. So, yeah. So, yeah. we're all tied up, Kidder. Two to two. <clears throat> then a recap of the first match because. We don't have enough filler, so let's fill it with a, another recap. And then, of course, they promote the uh, press conference <clears throat> for after the show. And then, footage from earlier in the day. It's a car coming into the uh, parking garage of the arena real fast and then doing a power slide. Well, it's a Slim Jim wrapped car promoting Slim Jim because apparently it, that uh, match, um, I, I don't even remember, it was some something or other of a Royal Rumble match and then you get something, but uh, whatever. Uh, L.A. Knight was driving because he won that match, so he came on in and again... You see the Slim Jim car for 30 seconds. And then guess what? Video packages. More promos. At this point, they could just make the premium live events freaking two hours and then get it over with. So they come back. And then uh, Pat McAfee's there. 
makes his entrance and is wearing, uh, as you may or may not know, WWE now has official NFL Legacy Championships. Mm. So you can buy one for your favorite NFL team. And uh, Pat McAfee was wearing the Indianapolis Colts variant. Came out, got a mic, talking about there's no way he's going to miss it because it's his city and uh, he's pumping up the crowd and there's quiet crowds out there, but that's not the way Indianapolis does it. Gets him pumped up. And hey, what do you guys think? Should Indianapolis have a WrestleMania? Let's make them hear it in the back. Does Indianapolis need to have WrestleMania? And then, of course, the crowd goes a little bit more wild. And uh, I think the guys at the back heard that, so it's good. If you think Indianapolis deserves a WrestleMania, give me a hell yeah. And, of course, you get a hell yeah. And then uh, shout out to Steve Austin. And then uh, I'm going to go down there, the greatest of all time, Michael Cole, and that hating ass Corey Graves. And then it was funny because Michael Cole goes, hating ass, hating ass. <laughs> so then he goes down and uh, now uh, says, ladies and gentlemen, here's John Cena. And then Cena makes his entrance. That's right, folks. We're at the uh, midpoint or so. It is a tag team match for nothing. It's John Cena and L.A. Knight. Yeah! Versus Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso with Paul Heyman a la the bloodline. This match, I picked uh, Cena and L.A. Knight. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, I too was gonna go with uh, yeah. I was gonna go with uh, Cena and La Knight myself. Yeah, I like La Knight and yeah. uh, it's Cena. He there, he's not gonna lose. Fun fact for you: John Cena has not won a match on pay per view in five years. That's mostly because he's been coming back and putting other people over. You know, here he doesn't need to put over the bloodline. Hmm. All right. Well, I gave you a chance. (laughs) 17 minutes, 20 seconds. Pat McAfee sitting on commentary for this one. And uh, the crowd was going nuts for L.A. Knight. Yeah. Uh, Cena comes in first and goes after Jimmy right away. Then, of course, uh, you do the old switcheroonie. Sokoa comes in, slows Cena down, and uh, he and Jimmy get Cena isolated. Cena's trying to tag LA Knight in, but of course, keeps getting pulled back. Uh, Then Jimmy tags in and starts taunting LA Knight. Jimmy grabs Cena, who then hoisted him up and uh, put him down with the old AA attitude adjustment. Cena crawls over to the corner, but Sokoa tags in, runs over, knocks Knight off the apron. Later on in the match, finally, a hot tag. This is what felt like forever. I partially dozed off during this match because they were just 
eat, sleep, beat up John Cena. <clears throat> so, finally, later in the match, hot tag to uh, LA Knight. The crowd goes nuts. He goes over, starts beating the crap out of Jimmy, and then knocks Solo Sokoa off the apron. Knight starts putting the boots to Jimmy into the corner. Sokoa runs in, and then for his effort, gets a DDT. Jimmy cuts off Knight with a super kick and covers him. Near fall there. Jimmy goes up top for the splash, but landed on his feet when LA Knight rolls out of the way. Knight ends up slapping Jimmy and drops the giant elbow on him. Solo Sokoa hits the Simone drop on the Knight, but Cena comes over, hits uh, Sokoa with a crossbody block from the top rope. Jimmy then goes to the top rope, hits a splash on Cena. Another 80-person This Is Awesome chant breaks out. Short time later, Knight sent to ringside by Sokoa. Cena hoists up Sokoa for his finisher, but Jimmy ends up super kicking Cena to stop it. Sokoa starts charging at Cena, pulls the top rope down, makes Sokoa go crashing out onto the floor. Knight runs across the ring, jumps onto the rope before superplexing Jimmy. Again, uh, this was a really, really cool move where I was talking, uh, uh, where he jumped from the ring up to the top rope and then quickly hitting that move. I like it. Uh, Cena then hits Jimmy with the uh, five knuckle shuffle. Knight follows up with a blunt force trauma. The old BFT gets Jimmy down and for the one, two, and three. Your winners of this match after 17 minutes, 20 seconds is John. <clears throat> Sorry. John Cena and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Cole also mentions that Paul Heyman is getting way more gray hair due to the loss. And uh, Reigns is returning on this Friday night SmackDown. Mm. I mean, it, it sounds like what I would have expected this match is a slow start. Because that's a Cena match. You always got to start off slow. It's the way it goes. And, uh, hey, doing what I said they should have done with Carlito. Building up to the hot tag and and such. Getting the people fired up for that. Uh, so that's all good. Uh, doesn't surprise me. Jimmy's the one who takes the pin. I think they still want to keep Solo strong. So you're not going to pin him. And uh, Building the heat because the bloodline. Yep. They're they're making it out where, uh, basically that uh, he uh, Jimmy is trying to be the the head of the table. Mm. So it, uh, I mean, it sounds like this was a decent match. Uh, you know, it again, it's going to have that slow Cena start, so it's not going to be, uh, yeah. it's not going to be the, like the greatest. Uh, but I think they achieved what they wanted to do. You know, you you keep LA Knight hot. He keeps Solo protected. And, uh, yeah, everybody gets to be happy because John Cena won a match on pay-per-view in five years. Mm -hmm. So, all I'd right. Like to mention, since I, I put the, the Yeti down, that uh, tonight the 
unofficial season opener for University of North Dakota Fighting Sioux men's hockey. Tonight, the Manitoba Bisons versus your University of North Dakota Fighting Sioux. Manitoba, zero. Your University of North Dakota Fighting Sioux, ten. Seven of which were scored in the second period. Cool. So, there's some some good mid wrestling news with a little other sports news for you. Relevant sports news. Yeah, that's what happens when we do this live. It's relevant. <laughs> All right, we go backstage. Damian Priest is selling the knee injury. Finn Balor told him that tonight isn't the night due to the injury. Priest said he's not going home empty-handed. Starts walking toward the door with his contract uh, briefcase, but Rhea Ripley stops him and says, you don't want to rush it. So Priest sits back down and Rhea Ripley takes the briefcase. Then we go back to ringside, and uh, we see a group of people, one with a custom title belt over his shoulder, and it's Declan McMahon. The son of Shane O'Mac. Front row. Again, the spinner version of the Indiana Hoosiers title belt because he is a running back for the Hoosiers football team. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, apparently on Monday Night Raw, Raquel Gonzalez, I mean Rodriguez, or insert some other Spanish name there, whatever WWE decides, versus Nia Jax for Monday Night's Snoozer. I do like Raquel Rodriguez, but Nia Jax needs to disappear. She needs to not be on my TV and my programs ever again. I think they should make her part of the bloodline to actually build them some true heat. Well, yeah, that that would get people to really hate him, and then I would actually hate them even more. I shouldn't say I even really hate him now. I'm just um, tired. You're, you're bloodline fatigued. Yes. You know, they have been kind of the only bad guys for a while. And so there's just... Yeah. You know, the... When that's the only story, and I get that it's been a hot story, but it's also a slow story. It's also, I don't know, there's just at times there's just not anything really happening with them, and I think that that's part of it. And I just, there's nobody else. You kind of have them, you kind of have the judgment day, and then really where are your your other great kind of heels that you can play off of it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's part of the problem you've kind of built up well we're going to put all of our attention on these guys wait well we have all this other show and so ah, we'll, we'll 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 draw names out of a hat it's okay <laughs> for that part <clears throat> so after that it's a promo WWE Crown Jewel coming at you Saturday, November 4th in Saudi Arabia at the uh, King uh, Saud uh, 
Arena, I think that's what it's called. And again, midday Saturday, Jayco, starting at noon Central Time. Again, Saturday, November 4th, so it's now three weeks away. Start the countdown clock. Well, I, th I thought we had something for that. <laughs> um, and that's just in the produced version. <laughs> um, uh, Cole then uh, talked about the uh, press conference again afterward. And guess what? Another video package on the main event because we need another promo that's four, four to eight minutes long. This is for the main event, which is Seth Rollins, your champion for the World Heavyweight Championship, versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And it is a last man standing match. I chose Seth Rollins. Hmm. I hate last man standing matches. No. Because they always end stupid. Um, actually, it's not as bad as an I quit match, but they're still, they're stupid. Uh, I'll you get take too many things. An I quit match any day. Yeah. I, well, I just mean like there's been a lot now lately where it's like, well, we're just going to have some like terrible thing stacked up on them so they can't get up. Um, you know what, kid? We're tied three to three. Uh, also, WWE is now broadcasting over in Japan, so I'm going to just go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that, hey, they're going to try to make a little bank off this market and put the title on Shinsuke Nakamura to try and bring in those Japanese fans and get them hooked on the product and uh, and such. So I'm going to go with Shinsuke. Also, I like Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, so okay. there. There will be a winner tonight. One of us will be happy. One of us will be sad. I'll probably still be happier than Kidder either way because I didn't have to watch this show. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> this match was 28 minutes, 25 seconds long. So after we finally get done with the 8 or 10 minute promo and other promos, we get our entrances. And Michael Cole makes the stat mention that uh, the last time Rollins was pinned in a singles match was January 2nd. He also pointed out the athletic tape on Rollins' lower back. They've been making a big thing out of it in this feud that Rollins is busted up. And Nakamura wants to take him out, put him out of his misery. Uh, also, Cole then... I don't know, I guess corrected himself or added the info because there's no pinning in this match, so he wouldn't get pinned anyway. So he made the mention of, uh, eh, there won't be a pinfall in this one. <laughs> Basically. Anyway, right away, Nakamura is uh, getting away from Rollins, pulling the old shy start. Rollins goes uh, down to ringside, grabs a kendo stick from underneath the ring. Nakamura then comes over, drives Rollins back into the side of the ring, and the crowd starts chanting for tables right away. It's like a minute. Come on. Nakamura tries to suplex Rollins onto the entrance ramp, 
area, but Rollins ends up reversing it. And then Rollins pulls up the mat on the floor, exposing the concrete. Rollins goes for a power bomb, but Nakamura ends up slipping away from that spot. Rollins then slams Nakamura's head into the ring steps a couple times. Rollins picks up the top half of the ring steps, rams Nakamura with it. Rollins then throws the steps at Nakamura, who, of course, avoided it. Rollins goes for the stomp at the bottom half of the steps, but Nakamura slips out of that as well. Rollins rolls Nakamura back into the ring. I don't quite know why, because we know there's no pinfall or submission. You just have to not get up. Rollins pulls some chairs, trash can, two tables out from underneath the ring, puts all but one table inside the ring. Nakamura comes back, catches Rollins with a running knee, and Rollins is draped over the apron, so Nakamura comes up, drops the knee right on his back. Nakamura pulls a pair of nunchucks out from under the ring, so apparently Steve Blackman is now living under the ring. Ends up hitting one of Rollins' legs with them. Nakamura performs a sliding German suplex, followed by a flying knee from the ropes. The official starts counting while Rollins is down, but gets back to his feet at a five count. Nakamura places the trash can on top of Rollins and then starts hitting it with the kendo stick. Again, Steve Blackman was smiling under the ring. A short time later, Nakamura charges Rollins, who then moves, causing Nakamura to crack the table that they had set up in one of the turnbuckle corners. Rollins uh, follows it up with a stop. Nakamura gets the uh, referee count at eight. He's when he gets up. So then Rollins clotheslines Nakamura over the top rope and spilling down onto the floor. Rollins goes to ringside, pulls out a ladder from underneath the ring. What's he going to do with a ladder? Is he crazy? Have you not been watching anything from Seth Rollins in his entire career? Come on, Corey Graves, do better. So uh, Rollins sets the ladder up next to the broadcast table. Rollins then hits Nakamura with the forearm, places the top of his body over the table. Rollins climbs halfway up the ladder, but Nakamura gets off and moves away from the table. So Rollins comes down, runs Nakamura into the barricade a couple times, tries to continue roughing him up, and now they spill over and they're into the crowd at the back of the main arena. Rollins scoops up Nakamura, but slips off and ends up shoving Rollins' head into a barricade. Now Nakamura brought Rollins into a small area uh, of some chairs. It's kind of closed off, but there's some tables that are set up there and a higher platform. Hmm. Nakamura is, is still pulling Rollins along up the uh, steps through the crowd as they're trying to get over toward this area. And then, ding, low blow. <clears throat> Sends Rollins crashing uh, over into uh, some of the production equipment. Rollins, again, is able to get up before the 10 count. So Nakamura starts going uh, after Rollins with a chair and then throws a kick at him. Nakamura slams the chair over Rollins' back. 
as they are now back toward the ringside area. Rollins avoids the swinging chair that ends up hitting the ring post. Rollins goes for the pedigree, but Nakamura back dropped him onto the concrete that we previously mentioned that had been exposed. Rollins beat the count and was tossed back into the ring. Rollins starts battling back, and uh, Nakamura barely beat it back to his feet, and the refs count. Both men are back at ringside. Rollins starts selling the lower back pain as he tried to pick up a table, which he did eventually get set up on the floor. Rollins grabs Nakamura and uh, shoved his lower back into the side of the apron, so kidney shot there. Nakamura places Rollins onto the table at ringside. Nakamura jumps from the middle rope and drove both his knees into Rollins, which, of course, put Rollins through the table. And Nakamura partially overshot that. And as he came down with his knees, he overshot. So really his shins went through Rollins and his knees ended up hitting the barricade, which moved and then kind of smoked the concrete. So I think Nakamura kind of hurt his right knee or his left knee on that one. It was on the right side of the screen, left knee. Anyway, he starts selling the knee pain, gets up. And uh, Rollins used what's left of the table to pull himself up at a nine count. Nakamura starts going after uh, Rollins again with more chair shots. Rollins ends up using the barricade to pull himself up. Nakamura is smiling as he approached Rollins, who spun him around, sent face first into the ring post. Now Rollins is looking up at the ladder again. Cole says, don't do it. Are you insane? Rollins limps over, picks up Nakamura, drapes him over the broadcast table. Cole said Graves was no has known for uh, Rollins for over 10 years, begged him to talk Rollins out of whatever he had in mind. Rollins starts climbing the ladder, and then suddenly Nakamura gets up and uh, climbs up the other side of the ladder, gets face-to-face -face with him, and sprays Rollins with the red mist. Nakamura then shoves Rollins off the ladder, who falls through the broadcast table. And uh, Cole's begging Nak or, uh, Rollins to stay down, but he gets back up, beats the count. Nakamura roll rolls Rollins back inside the ring. There's a chair set up in the middle of the ring. Nakamura picks him up and drops his lower back straight on the flat part of the chair. Nakamura falls up with a Kinshasa that put Rollins through the cracked table that was still leaning in the corner of the ring. Rollins rolls out of the ring, landing on his feet right at about nine and a half. Nakamura uh, starts beating up Rollins some more as they fight into uh, that area over on the main floor of the arena. Nakamura put Rollins on a platform in front of some fans seated on that uh, lower level of the venue, but Rollins starts fighting back Hits a pedigree on the platform, follows it with a stomp, and uh, both people are able to get up before the 10 count because, again, it's, uh, you know, last man standing. Uh, well, below this platform, there happens to be two tables set up with some cables coiled on top of it. Rollins grabs Nakamura, turns him, hits the flying falcon arrow straight through the table, blasts it and Cole says that they're tech tables that must mean 
or be their description because they literally had two or three rolls of cabling sitting on top of them. Of course, the crowd breaks out in a holy shit, holy shit, because why not? Both men tried to stand up. Rollins got to his feet. Nakamura fell back down just before the referee counted to 10, meaning Seth Rollins picks up the victory over Shinsuke Nakamura and retains the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Rollins uh, gets his title and celebrated. And wasn't uh, uh, too bad of a match. Uh, of course, it's different than the AEW style of, of those types of matches because there's no blood, really, unless they accidentally get busted open. Uh, in AEW, this match would have been blood all over. <laughs> so, uh, in comparison, this was a dry match. Uh, it, uh, you know, was okay, but kind of felt like they didn't need to have this pay-per-view premium live event. So there's that. Um, eh. And after the match, a recap video, of course, playing, uh, showing you the highlights of all five matches from the show. Hmm. Your reaction of the reaction of that match. I, you know, for a last man standing match, that didn't sound too terrible. I I will at least give them credit that the ending was, you know, reflective of, hey, that probably actually hurt, you know, and not just a, well, we stacked a bunch of chairs on him, you know, so I'll, I'll give it that. At least it wasn't something terrible like that, Tipping which uh, brings me go over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that one's always bad. You know what I've always thought I was thinking about this while you were talking. You know what we haven't seen in a last man standing match? A nail gun. You know, where's like somebody like nails the other guy, like not through their skin, but like nails their attire to like pants, yeah. Yeah, so they can't get up. Uh-huh. We haven't seen that one yet. So again, WWE, you're welcome uh when you get to that one. Uh but yeah, I, I think this was good. I think it was a good showing by both and trying to make the most out of the fact that you know this is happening on fast lane not you know a pay-per-view that means anything because we're coming up the next one is well it's crown jewel but then it's usually survivor series so yeah eh. so uh yeah I, I might try and catch some highlights from this one we'll see if i can find some and oh i'm check sure it out a little bit posted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that that brings us to the end of the show, Kinder. Unless there's something else that I'm not aware of, uh, which allow me to to hey check the official score sheet. Uh, <laughs> okay, I forgot that I used a piece of paper that it says glory. Ah, it. yes, glory. Uh, glory for the empire. And in this case, the glory is all kidders as he's the big winner of the night with four correct versus my three. So, congrats, kidder. You uh, you have won bragging rights. Uh, treat it well. And, you know, that good luck with the booking on that. Uh, overall, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I, I'm kind of okay. I missed this one. I don't feel like there was much that is propelling anything forward of interest. So we'll we'll see what Crown Jewel brings. That's about the most I can give you for kind of a thought. Any uh any last final thoughts from yourself on the show? Yeah. Hmm. Was, and on a uh, live event. Yeah, I was gonna say, and on uh, that insightful analysis, uh, Kidder. Are you, are you gonna stop me? I, I I just thought of something that I I neglected to mention at the top of the show, and that. They had two Formula One cars at the top of the ramp. Because <laughs> they're in Indianapolis. There you go. Insightful and interesting information. Yeah. But uh, with with all that, Kidder, uh, you've been talking for quite a while. It's time that we bring this show to an end. And, of course, we always end uh, every show with our cheap plugs. And on these wrestling shows, because Kidder does the majority of the talking uh, you guys get the rare treat of Howard Blues trying to do the end of the show. Enjoy. Uh, so let's start off with our, our the easiest one there is, and that is where you can find us in cyberspace, and that's at beerbluesbs.com. That is our home in cyberspace. It's where you can find links to all of these other places I'm about to tell you. And, uh, you know, it's a great place to, to go. Look, check it out. You know, our web design team worked very hard on it during a premium live event you know it's how it goes some of the things you can find there is you can find our buy us a beer button it's kind of our way of you know saying hey you can you can donate to the show in a fun happy way and uh hey it 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 comes with a little bit of a perk because uh we like to read those out loud on the show we actually have a whole graphics patch package that's gathering dust because we haven't had a round bot first in a while but we like to put that out there and, uh, hey, you can even leave a comment, and we will mention it, talk about it on the show. So it's a chance to interact with us in that way. And it's a, it's a pretty pretty minimal donation. So make sure you check out that. Also from there, you can find the link to our merch store, you know, in case you want some merch. Uh, you know, for these premium live events, we actually have a premium T-shirt. Because, you know, you, you need to just let everybody know that it's a premium product. Uh, we also have pint glasses, stickers, metal signs, shower curtains for some reason. I, I you know, all all this good stuff. So you can check that out. Also, uh, you've seen at the bottom of the show uh, the address for our Streamlabs account, where you can also donate and sign up to have a recurring donation if you wish. But we also have merch through Steam Labs because. You know, you just can't have enough merch. So there you go. Hey, if you enjoyed this show and maybe want some other news, plus every now and then an interesting tidbit from us, uh, we are on social media. We are on Facebook. So you can go over there, like, and follow. And, uh, hey, we're even on Instagram because, you know, we're, we're two old guys trying to be hip and up on the gram. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You can find us there. Again, just search for Beer Blues NBS. Uh, if you liked seeing this show uh, with our wrestling shows, we are always streaming them live. You can, of course, find them on Twitch. But you can also find us on YouTube. And that's tends to be where we post all of our content. So make sure you go over. Give it a like. And subscribe. 
you know, hit that little bell thingy. I don't know if it does anything, but you can feel free to hit it. I mean, who doesn't like hitting a bell? You know? Ding. It, yeah, hey, thank you, whoever did that. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to work in a for whom the bell tolls joke, and it's just not coming to me at this hour. Well, it could be both of us. That's yeah. who it'll tell. Mm-hmm. But hey, maybe you enjoy an audio podcast like myself, and you don't really want to see our happy smiling faces, which who could blame you? Uh, we are on almost every audio podcasting service that you can think of. Just look for Beer, Blues, and BS. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of them. You, 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 you can find us. We're pretty easy to find. And, uh, hey, I, I think that gets us through all of the cheap plugs. If I missed something, you know, that's why we have BeerBluesMBS.com because that'll tell you all the places that I missed trying to do this. Uh, with that, that brings us to a, the end of our show. I am your host, Howard Blues. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder, telling you to, of course, keep your glass at least half full unless it's an IPA. Then, you know, dump that thing out. He'll also let you know we have free beer tomorrow. So, you know, make sure you come back and, and check out us out to get that. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you all next time down that old last man standing highway. I think it's the best I can do, man. I, 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 I tried. You're going to need a 10 count or 10 shots. Uh, uh, well, and... Uh, Oh, that. Good night, everybody. <laughs> See you in the next episode of Beer, Blues, and uh, BS. Thanks again. Catch you later.